So um, you should know that uh, PEAMS or Snapshot Day is the way we get money for special education and all kids basically um, for schools. In Texas, schools are funded based on the number of students enrolled and the daily attendance on campus. Currently, schools receive a base allotment of $6,160 per student each year. The average daily attendance is calculated by the sum of the children um, calculated by the average daily attendance is calculated by the sum of the children present divided by the days of instruction that the schools are required to give. Texas schools have to be open for a minimum of 75,600 minutes over the school year, which includes recess and lunch. Special education weighs a student with a disability um, and is this that is assigned to one of 12 special education instructional arrangements or settings. Each setting has a weight from 1.15 to 5.0 that is based on the duration of the daily service provided and the location of the instruction. Funding is based on the amount of time that students with disabilities are served in their instructional settings and students with disabilities assigned to the mainstream instructional setting also generate funding based on their attendance. So um, they have these fundings listed here. I don't exactly know how they reason them, but um, so like speech therapy gets 5.0 weight, but resource room gets 3.0 and um, mainstream gets 1.15. So I don't know, there have a list in here. I don't, I don't understand the logic behind it, but yeah, somehow um, how, whatever instructional arrangement gets a different weight. So PEAM stands for the Public Education Information System, I mean, sorry, Public Education Information Management System. It encompasses all data requested and received by TEA about, the pub, about public education, including the student demographic and academic performance, personnel, financial, and organizational information. So, you know, they're not just collecting information about the students, they're co collecting information about the staff as well. So a lot of things um, that, that PEAMS um, gathers information on. The PEAMS fall submission, our submission one, is one of four annual PEAMS submissions required by TEA. And this fall submission represents the state of the LEA as the PEAMS fall snap snapshot date, which is the last Friday in October today. The LEAs must report all students served and staff employed on the snapshot day. So some of the things that they are collecting, uh, as you may have learned now um, that you've done a snapshot is, uh, for special education, is they are looking for the student ID, the primary disability code, the um, whether or not the child is multiply disabled is an indicator code for that, a child count funding type, the early childhood um, intervention code, the preschool program um, children with disabilities code, and uh, whether or not they're in the regular day school program for the deaf, the instructional setting code, the speech therapy indicator code, the interpreting services type code, the audiological services type code, the PPCD service location code, the counseling services 
indicator code, the medical diagnostic service indicator code, the occupational therapy code, the orientation mobility code, the physical therapy code, the psychological services code, recreational um, recreation services, and then also health services, social work services, transportation, assistive technology, and medically fragile code. And I think now they have a dyslexia code that's added to that. So um, yeah, that that's all the things that they've been collecting that, you know, you would collect under um, for, for the PEMS codes. And those are reported and they create um, you can actually look those up, the numbers of each of the disabilities on the TEA website. I actually took last year's numbers and ordered them by disability from least to greatest. I guess I'll start with the greatest and go to the least. So most um, highest incident to least incident disabilities. Well, the highest incident, I think it's not hard to guess that one. It is specific learning disability, which came in last year at 204,684. The next in line, which is about half of that, is speech impairment, 1,222, sorry, 122,669. Um, and right after that, and this is actually kind of surprising, um, to me because I would have thought other health impairment would be next but actually the next one is drumroll autism 92,912 that's right not autism has passed ADHD seriously so um you know I'm just really intrigued by this growing number of of students with autism I thought that um you know, I thought that, you know, that autism was always increasing the numbers and everything, but I never thought it would surpass other health impairment. And uh, so I am actually going to have a speaker on, uh, I think she's on December 2nd. It's Amanda Gray, and she talks about uh, prevalence of autism in girls or how girls are different sort of in their, uh, um, with autism than boys, their characteristics. And then also the growing increases um, of students with autism and why that might be. You know, we, a long time ago, they used to think that it was somebody spread some rumor that it was from vaccines. I don't know. I saw something the other day about uh, there's some kind of um, lawsuit about if you took Tylenol when you were pregnant and somehow that must have caused Tylenol. I don't know. I, those all sound fishy to me. But um, definitely... It is growing and autism has now surpassed other health impairments. So other health impairments next at 87,775. The next one is intellectual disability with 64,028. And now we have emotional disturbance at 38,122. I don't know. I would have thought that those would be a little bit more with um, how many kids have anxiety and depression and things, especially in the high school levels these days. But it sounds like emotional disturbance is probably not a really desired label. So um, if they can get the autism, maybe that's um, what they would would look, looking for first. Um, but who knows? I mean, I'm not an LSSP. I know the LSSPs would say that they have various distinct ways of distinguishing between those. So, um 
Next one up is NCEC, Early Childhood, 9,277. And then next, now I think we're getting into the low incidence um, disabilities here. The next one would be auditory impairment at 7,129, visual impairment at, at 3,678, orthopedic impairment at 3,174, traumatic brain injury at 1,213, deaf blind at 418. And I do not know what is going on with the lowest incident disability because it doesn't make any sense. You might have realized I've already said 13 of them, but there's somebody out there who's got 18 kids with developmental delay in Texas? I don't know. I looked it up. It was KDISD. Katie, and they had 17. I don't know where the 18th one is, but 17 kids in KDISD have developmental delay. If you're from KDISD, please, uh, hey, ping somebody up in if you know somebody from KDISD, because I've got to understand why they have 18, 17 kids with developmental delay really. Um, I didn't know even you could do that. I actually read you weren't supposed to be able to do that. So I don't know what's going on there. So what else I have else? What else I had to tell you about um, snapshot day? So why is all this data important? You know, I always got to bring it back to social justice. But yes, that's why it's important. Um, so this is there's this one. Ex here's an example. The US government accounting office has a report. Um, and it reacted to concerns about child fine and created this report in 2019. In the report, you can find it online, uh, compares how states are identifying children for child fine. And they found that states averaged, averages ranged from all the way from 6.4% to 15% of the state. And they re did reference, by the way, two states on the second page of that huge report, and the first, of course, was Texas and its famous 8.5 cap. So um, the second was Connecticut, and they were just reported that they were incorrectly identifying children with disabilities somehow. Um, but one of the things they're really looking closely at is er the early childhood. You know how important it is for us to be serving kids and identifying kids early and intervening early uh, for in special education. and. Uh, one of the ver most varied ways we uh, between states that we identify children with disabilities was with is with um, their the developmental delay or the NCEC or however um, we choose to call it. But um, it in different states, you know, that they have different criteria for it, and they also have different ages uh, age spans that they serve under developmental delay or NCEC. So with that. Um, they have statistics on how many, how many, what percentage of students um, are served at in that at that age. And Texas underserves when you compare to um, most other states. That U.S. state average for preschool, like most other states are serving way more students in preschool than we are. Uh, and it's probably because our NCEC only goes till six years old. And um, it does have to be, it's not just a developmental delay. You kind of have to have a suspected disability under there. So um, 
that's one reason why they're concerned because some states are just not serving kids very early. Maybe if they would be, then it could help provide more early intervention. Just one example of how all of this impacts uh, the effectiveness of special education. Another thing I thought I would do was just let you um, try out the TEA report card um, link at the top of the room that I've put. You can put in your school and see Um, Probably you've done this before, but I don't know. I like to play around with it sometimes. It tells you more than just how many uh, kids are in the school. It tells you how many are in special ed, but also tells you, for example, the average education uh, or the education levels of the teachers in the school and a lot of neat, interesting uh, pieces of data there about your school. So check it out. Put your school in there um, and, and see if you learn anything new. All right, so that's all I had to present today. I just thought I'd have a little fun um, with this. Just, you know, every time we get stressed out about timelines and deadlines, it's always good to also balance that with a little just celebration and fun. And I, I hope you guys had fun with it, whether you lock it or you activate it or whatever else you do. Y'all are pretty quiet today. No chats. Nobody's going to tell me why KDISD has eight or 17 children with developmental delay or or if you do something else besides activate and lock, I don't know. But I was really hoping to hear from you, but I guess everybody's quiet today. <laughs> I am planning lots of fun stuff on here on Clubhouse, lots of interesting things to learn. Um, I have on November 11th, we're going to talk with, uh, you know, some people like to be contractors and there's some contracting companies. So one of them is just going to talk to us and answer questions about what it's like to be a contractor. Uh, So maybe you might want to join then. Um, And then, like I said, I have Amanda Gray joining to talk about uh, autism prevalence. Also, Wendy Johnson, she's um, also in Denton. So that's going to be interesting to follow why uh, maybe we are seeing more autism. Children with, uh, identified with autism nowadays, maybe they have some insights on that. And um, in January, I've got Dr. Fletcher, and I'm going to hold on to telling you what, we're, or it's definitely about be about dyslexia, but something very specific about dyslexia. So, um, and then we have Nancy Mather to tell us about the Todd, which is the test of dyslexia that she's got coming out. So quite a few uh, things to look forward here on Clubhouse. All right. Well, thanks for joining. Oh, we do have a hand. All right. (laughs) She says we're like exhausted. (laughs) I know. All right. Get some rest this weekend. Enjoy your weekend. Get out and feel the the chilly weather, hopefully. And um, yeah, get get revived, recharged. All right. Have a good weekend, everyone.